There are moments in your life that you will never forget. Some of them are kind of silly or not really important, but you won't forget them. And some of them are shared across the country or the world. And today, I want to talk about a couple of those moments. One, totally mindless, something that happened on a reality TV show that I could not believe. The other, something that happened just last week all across America that gave me a lot of hope. And lastly, a funny man who transcended. So today I want to talk about a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Several different topics. So let's get into it. Welcome to Big Time Small Talk, stories and observations beyond small talk. I am your host, Jody Rollins, and I've got a lot to talk about today. From time to time, if you guys, you know me, if you listen, you know that I do these shows where I talk a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Not one specific topic, but several things that have been kind of, I guess, floating around in my noggin, and there are quite a few of them. And um, one of the first things I really want to get into was a show that I watched and this weird thing that happened on the reunion. So we'll get into that. Plus, I do want to get into the midterm elections. You guys, again, if you know me, I'm a political nerd. I'm really invested in and uh, fascinated by politics. And I care deeply about the the base, you know, form of politics, which is about service and representing people and their needs and protection. So to me, I pay a lot of attention to elections. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, as well as I have an interview coming up next week. And um, <clears throat> it is, and I had mentioned this, I think, was it last week or the week before, but It is, how do I even want to say this, a really difficult topic. And it is something that I think we need to talk about in this country, actually probably in the world, but in this case, in this country. And we don't. We rarely talk about this subject because it's icky and it's uncomfortable and it's gross in in a way. And Well, I'll get into that. We'll talk about that and the interview. It's a really, I think it's an important interview. And as I've tried to do more and more interviews and have been doing more of them, and I'll keep them coming, I just want to do interviews about things I care about. And I care about this topic because it's just not talked about enough. And so I'll get into that and what it's about and all of that. Um, Yeah. So that's coming up in the second half of the show. But first, I want to talk about this show that I watched and this weird thing that happened. So 
I really love documentaries and, of course, reality TV. I was on a reality TV show. That's how many of you even know me. But there's a show called Love is Blind, and it's on Netflix. Now, for those of you who haven't seen it or even heard of it, let me just give you a quick and brief background. Basically, they get a bunch of women and a bunch of men, and they never say how many of each, but you just kind of see a handful of them here and there, and they keep them separate, and the only way these people meet are in what they call pods, P-O-D-S, pods. And so you'll have, you know, woman A go into the room with woman, I'm sorry, man B, and the room actually, again, is a pod, and they can't see each other. There's a wall, it's kind of lit up, and they can hear each other, but they have no idea what each other looks like. And the only information that they can get about this person on the other side of the wall in this pod, male or female, is whatever they share, whatever they talk about, whatever they tell. And so the show is kind of pitched as sort of an experiment, a scientific experiment. And the question is, dot, 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 is love blind? And so they set off on this show, and it's hosted by um, Nick Lachey and Vanessa Lachey, his wife. Nick Lachey is formerly from the band, boy band, I think 98 Degrees or one of those bands. And his wife um, is also an actress, but they host this show. So you'll have, you know, Jane that goes into the pod and she's like, hey, you know, Steve. And again, they can't see each other. Everyone's right around the same age, more or less. So they just start talking. Hey, where are you from? You know, they're all from the same town. What do you do? What are your interests? And the show itself doesn't ever tell you how long they spend in each pod with each person. Because you basically go into a pod, get to know someone, you can take notes if you want, you're just sitting in your little pod, which has like a couch and some pillows, and you can eat and or lay on the floor, make yourself comfortable. There's a there's, I think, blankets, whatever. And it's kind of like a lounge. And you just talk. And then at a certain point, they have you sort of switch and go meet the next guy and the next guy. And again, they don't give you the details of just how many guys you meet and the order or why you meet which one. But what happens is eventually they find their mate. And the way the show works is you can proceed with the relationship of that person that you met in the pod only if you get engaged. Sight unseen. So you have this relationship that you build talking to this name, I mean, not nameless, but faceless voice in the pod on the other side of the wall. And they talk for hours. And I think it's a total of, I don't know if they said it's like, seven days. So within those seven days, you're talking for hours and hours and hours to several different men. And then you kind of narrow it down. And then eventually you sort of pick and the guy proposes. He's like, you know, I, I've dated Jane and Sue and Michelle. 
And sometimes there's an overlap where <clears throat> Michelle likes, you know, Bob, but Bob only likes Jane, but Jane, you know, it's just the whole thing. Well, eventually Bob will propose. And if Jane says yes, then they move to the next step. And the next step is to see each other. So you have met and spoken to this random person for hours upon hours, for about seven days, and then you accept an engagement, a proposal, right? A proposal, proposal. <laughs> My mouth's not working. And so, I mean, sometimes a guy gets down on his knee and sometimes he doesn't and whatever, and you don't see the person. Like, I just want to make sure I'm explaining it. You don't see them at all. And a lot of the people aren't like, hey, wh what do you look like? Are you 5'7"? Are you six foot? Like they just, uh, if they ask that, it's edited right out. Like sometimes it's like they'll describe like, oh, you know, I'm the type of girl that gets a lot of attention or I'm a dancer or I love to work out, you know, I'm a bodybuilder or whatever it is. So you can get an idea of what somebody's physicality might be or maybe how they sound. Like, do they sound like a particular race? Or do they sound like they're from a certain place or whatever it is? So then when you move to the next step, they have you behind these walls and they quickly open the doors. And when they open those doors, the two people who are now engaged, who have never met, see each other for the first time. And they kind of go jogging towards each other and <clears throat> this is season three of the show. And so far, at least in the beginning, none of these couples have been like, oh, crap, like this person. Like they've always been really excited. They're like, oh, my God, I love you so much. And I fell in love with you in the pods. And it's only been seven days. But I feel like I know you better than I know myself. And I know you better than I know my best friend. And this is the best connection I've ever had, which is possible. Because again, this is season three, and there are couples that are still married. One couple just celebrated their fourth anniversary. So it is possible. I think, I don't remember who, if anyone's still together from season two, but from season one, there are, I believe, two couples that are still together. And there's only like four or five or six of them that actually make it through. So statistically, you know, you have a one in four or five, six chance of surviving and having a long lasting relationship which I guess is actually a good thing, right? Like statistically, the odds are in your favor. I mean, you just have to expose yourself on national television, actually international, because Netflix is international, and just hope for the best. Now, before I go on, I will tell you, sideline, the first two seasons, everyone was either relatively attractive, pretty attractive, or very attractive. And... Since then, they've gotten a lot of like, you know, complaints and people have posted about it on social media. Like, what about people who are overweight or um, <clears throat> what about people from LGBT, LGBTQ community? Like, why not this? Why not that? But the only thing that they've changed over the three years, three seasons, is that this past season, they had a plus size girl. And that's it. That's the only thing they changed. And she's beautiful. Don't particularly like her personality, but she is beautiful. 
So, okay, I'm going on to too many details, but you get the idea. So then they, they kind of, the show progresses. And then once they meet each other, the next step is they go sort of on this, they call it like a engagement. It's almost like a honeymoon thing. And all the couples are there vacationing and then they all meet each other, which is really awkward because essentially they've all sort of crisscrossed and this one dated that one and that one dated this one. But now he's engaged to her, but she wanted him. And now they finally see each other and they're like, oh crap, I picked him, but I think I would have been more attracted to her or vice versa or whatever, not him and her. You get the idea. It's just like all of your ex-boyfriends and ex-girlfriends all hanging out together. So it's very incestuous, but it's what happens. Then the next step, the couples move into an apartment together that is put together by the show and they live together and kind of see how things go for, I don't know how long, a couple weeks or something. And then they get married and it's this little wedding. And the whole point of the show is, will they say yes or no at the aisle or down the aisle at the altar? Will they say yes or no at the altar? And you see these couples and they're like, they have these disagreements and they fight and whatever and issues. And you're like, oh my gosh, they are not a match made in heaven or not. No, it's never going to work. And then they're like, oh, but I love you so much. And this connection's so amazing. And I definitely think I'm going to say yes, or I don't know if I'm going to say yes. They don't know. Some of the people, some of the couples are like, I won't know until I get to the altar and just trust my gut. I'm like, what? So they have this whole wedding. Their friends and family come. Sometimes certain friends and family members are like, I don't believe in this TV show. I'm not coming. I'm not going to be on the show and I'm not coming. But the majority of friends and family show up. And so they walk down the aisle, you know, the, the guy's standing there and then the girl comes down and he would seen her pick out her beautiful dress. And then it's like, do you so-and-so take this person? And the guy's like, yes, I do. You're amazing. And do you so-and-so take that person? And some of them say, yeah, no. I don't take you at all. And you watch this person get destroyed. And some of them are like, I do, I do. And they, you know, fall madly in love and live happily ever after or break up later. Well, the thing I want to talk to you about after that whole long explanation and setup is this particular couple. And I believe, I don't know, I, I, she was, I don't know what her ethnicity was, but her, if she was Indian or Middle Eastern or something along those lines. Her name is Zeneb. I think it's Z-A-N-A-B or Z-A-N-E-B. But however you spell it, it's pronounced Zeneb. And they lovingly called her Zay. And her love interest, I think his name was Cole, um, they're totally total, total opposites. But somehow in the pods, they fall in love with each other. She's a very serious, um, polished, doesn't smile easy, very attractive, dark hair, dark eyes, flight attendant. And a few years younger, Cole is kind of a goofy, kind of a little frat boy, but not quite less serious, um, silly, attractive, but not like drop dead gorgeous, but almost like a puppy dog. And so you have this very serious, polished girl who's like dark, like wears black and dark colors. And then you have this kind of clown puppy dog guy, Cole, who wears like, you know, Tommy Bahama shirts and colors and they just don't 
match. But somehow they have these fights and then they make up. They have these fights and then they make up and they're like, but I love you. And even though that girl over there that I dated in the pods is more of my physical type, I am dedicated to you because I feel this connection with you. And again, Zeneb is beautiful. Like she's not as thin as this other girl that Cole says he's attracted to, but, or was attracted to, but she is really beautiful. Somehow she doesn't know this because she's like, I'll never be as pretty as her. And they end up having this whole fight. And I'm like, you are, this woman is actually more pretty, whatever. She's gorgeous. But they have all this disagreement, all these disagreements, back and forth, back and forth, and, you know, ugly fights. But then they st they're still like, but I love you. So the day comes when they have to walk down the aisle, and Cole is standing there, and they both were like, I don't know if I'm going to say yes, but I think so. I love you. I love you. I love you. And Zeneb has this beautiful dress and Cole's standing there and they say, do you take Zeneb, blah, 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 blah. And Cole is like, I do. I've never known anything like this. I think he said I do. I'm not even sure because sometimes they change the order. But they ask Zeneb, do you take Cole, blah, 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 sickness and health, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I don't. And then she proceeds to destroy this guy. Like, I loved you, but you are a child. And I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember her exact words. You know, you dis you diminished me. You, you shamed me. You made me feel like a terrible person. You destroyed my self-esteem. You're an awful person. Like, she says all this nasty stuff. And this guy is just stunned. Like, you can see in his eyes... If you can imagine watching somebody get smaller and smaller and smaller, like she destroyed him so much and shrunk him down to just a little pea size of a person, metaphorically speaking, his mouth was just sort of open and you could tell it was just, she destroyed him. There was no other way of putting it. But while she says all these rotten things about how terrible of a person Cole is, then she goes, but I don't hate you. You know, I loved you and I wish you nothing but the best. I mean, she like stabbed him with her words, right? And then was like, but um, I really don't hate you. I just, I wish you the best. And then she just walks off and kind of like, and her girlfriends are all like, clap, 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 you know, yay. Ah. And Cole's just standing there like pale and destroyed. And his you know, groomsmen and his buddies are like, you didn't deserve that, blah, 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 blah. And it's over. And they cut to Zeneb and she's like, he was awful to me. And she keeps repeating this whole thing about he destroyed my self-esteem. And again, if you guys saw this, forgive me, I'm not quoting her, but these are the things she definitely said at some point, either this or the reunion, which I'm about to get into in that episode or the reunion. So then she kind of like, you know, has her head held high, Zeneb does, and she's like, I had to protect myself and stand up for myself. And you're like, wow, I guess, I guess it was worse than we thought. Maybe it was edited in a way that we didn't get to see everything. Like, Jesus, why'd she destroy him like that? She could have just said, no, I don't think we're a match. Like we had some difficult fights and some things. I just don't think that I can say I do. I wish you the best. And just could have gotten on with her life but just daggers, daggers, sucker punch, kidney punch. And then, but I wish you nothing but the best, right? 
not really you don't. So that was the end of that. And then some other relationships happened that we're not going to talk about. And then the reunion happens. And this is what I want to talk about. The big sort of um, <clears throat> buzz term that people have been talking about for the last maybe three years, maybe four, is the term gas lighting. And I feel like some people know what it means and other people don't. And they just like to throw it around because it just sounds cool. You said, so-and-so is gaslighting me. And so before I tell you what happened at this reunion, let's look up what the term gaslighting means. Let's just ask the Google. Define gaslighting. Okay, let's see what she says. Do, 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 do. Okay, verb to gaslight, verb. Um, gaslighting, manipulate someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. In the first episode, Karen Van Valentine is being gaslighted by her husband. That's their example. I don't know who Karen Valentine is, but whatever. Um, if I scroll down further, it says gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation in which the abuser attempts to sow self-doubt and confusion in the victim's mind. And when I tell you that that is what Zenob did. That is what Zenob did. I've never seen, I've watched a lot of reality shows and documentaries and dramas. I've never seen a more clear definition of gaslighting because the whole reunion happens and they kind of talk to the different other couples that are, there's two others, the two that are still together and the others broke up, right? Or no, I guess there's three. There's three that are together. Two that got married and one that didn't get married, but they wanted to stay together and kind of figure out their lives later, just not to get married, you know, like on the spot because a TV show said that they should. So they talked to Cole and he looks like somebody took a baseball bat to his eyes. His eyes are puffy. His shoulders are down. Like he's a different person. He looks like maybe he's gained some weight. He looks disheveled. And this is weeks, if not a month or so later. I don't even know. But he's just a broken man. And when they interview him, he's like, well, I just, I didn't, I didn't know that I did that to her. Like, I, that's not how I thought things were. Like, I didn't know I was destroying her self-esteem because then it goes on to say, you destroyed my self-esteem and you were terrible, 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 but I don't hate you. I wish you well, all this crap. And she's just like, he did so many things to me. Like he destroyed my self-esteem when it came to my own body. And this is what I want to get into here. She goes on to say, he destroyed my self-esteem when it came to my body because he, he fat shamed me. He body shamed me. Like I just stopped eating because I knew that he was more attracted to this other girl who's a ballerina who's actually, I mean, she's thin, but she's not skinny, uh, more attracted to her. And it just made me self-conscious and question my own body. And they're like, what? You know, the hosts of the show, Nick and Vanessa, give us an example and other people give us an example. She's like, well, there was this whole incident where we're in the kitchen and we we're talking and like I hadn't eaten all day because I just started starving myself, which I'm like, what? Okay. That's not because he made you, but whatever. She's like, I was starving myself to just make myself more attractive to him. Like as I'm listening, I was like, wow, that sounds terrible, but this is a little weird. 
And she's like, so we're in the kitchen and I see like some cuties, like the little oranges, you know, the little Mandarin oranges. And they're called different things by different companies, but I think it was cuties that she was using the term cuties. And she's like, I went to like peel one open and he was like, you're going to eat all of that. Like you should save your appetite because we're going to dinner. Like, oh, you know, and she made him sound like he's this disgusting pig, fat shaming, like looking at her like, wow, as fat as you are, and you're going to eat a mandarin orange before dinner, you should starve, bitch. Like that's essentially how she told the story. Not those words, but that's how she like conveyed the message. And the girls who are friends with her who weren't there, didn't see it, only know by what she said. They're like, mm-hmm, he's a terrible person. Yep, yep. Uh, we, we, we love our girl Zeneb because she's very calculating, this woman. Very calculating. And I'm like that. If my girlfriends tell me this is what their man did, I'm like, oh, wow, that's terrible. Like if I agree with it, I don't agree if I don't agree. You know what I mean? But if they say that their husband or their boyfriend's fat shaming them, I don't question it. If I'm good friends with somebody, I would just believe it. And I think that's what these other women on the show were doing. Well, just when you think it's over, you see they cut to Cole and he's still like, he's like crying. He's like, I'm so sorry. Like, and then Zeneb goes on to say, and then you got this other girl's phone number right before the wedding, like the night before. He's like, what are you talking about? I didn't. He's like, I didn't get a phone number. I, you could ask these other guys. We hung out with the other guys at like wherever they went. I can't remember something masculine, like a cowboy bar or something. He's like, I didn't get another. She's like, you're lying, but I still don't have any hatred for you. You're a liar. And he just literally, if you guys watch this or have watched it, you know, or will see, he is a broken man. Like literally, I, it was like he was a different person and it broke my heart. But then I was thinking, I guess if he's this horrible person and they just edited it to make him look better, then I don't know. And so then the big thing that I want to really get to happens, and I've never seen anything ever happen like this on reality TV, reality TV, ever. And I've watched reality TV since like 1993. That's a long time, the real world. That was like the start of it all. Let me just tell you what happened after they rolled the credits. I got to take a break first. So stay with me. I'm going to tell you what happened, which blew my mind. And it just blew up all over social media when I come back from the break. Plus, we have lots of other things to talk about, too. So stay with me. I'll be right back. Hey, it's Jody again. Want to get in touch with the show? You can simply leave me a voicemail. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes that says leave a voicemail and start talking. You can also write me at bigtimesmalltalkpodcast at gmail.com or get in touch with me through my socials at Jody's Box on Twitter or at Jody Rollins on Instagram. Don't forget to drop me a follow at both places and be sure to check out my Insta stories for all the latest details and information about episodes as well as episode sneak 
Peaks. So one last question for you. Have you written that written review for the show yet? Have you clicked those five stars? Have you clicked subscribe or follow? And have you shared this show with your friends, your family, on your social media? Okay, that's more than one question. But help a sister out. Share the show, subscribe, follow. Please click those five stars and leave a written review. It really helps a sister out. Thank you. Okay, if you're like me, you're already thinking about Christmas shopping. Yes, I know. I am that person. I like to plan ahead. But it's already October, right? And I do have friends and family members who have fall and wintertime birthdays. Plus, I like to shop for myself, too. And one of my favorite places to shop is Cozy Earth. I mean, I'm not much of a in-person shopper anymore, but I shop online at Cozy Earth because it's just bing, bam, boom, pick what you want, check out, you're done. And it's just easy. And I love Cozy Earth and I've been working with them for several months. And in fact, I got from them a loungewear set. It's navy blue, it's a crew neck, it's got the matching pant. And um, I actually did a uh, review of the outfit and the company. It's on my YouTube. I did it last summer. And if you want to check out the review, it's at Jody Rollins on YouTube and you can see the whole thing. But I promised you guys in that review that I would let you know about this outfit. Did it fade? Did it pill? Was it disfigured and stretched out after a while? Did it look kind of worn? No, I have washed it multiple times, dried it multiple times. I, my baby has hung on it. I have a dog with pet hair. I've traveled with it. I've crumpled it up. You name it. I'm not even exaggerating because I would only talk about a company that I believe in and the products that I believe in. It no joke looks exactly like the day I got it. So if you guys want to do a little online shopping at Cozy Earth, I have got a discount code for you. Just go and click on the link in my show notes, a special link, and then use the discount code that's there for you. It's CE dash big time. That's CE as in Cozy Earth dash big time. But you got to use the link. I almost said code. You got to use the link in my show notes in order to get 40% off. Not just 40% off of this or that in a small section, 40% off of every single thing you purchase at Cozy Earth. So I highly recommend it. I mean, everything is cozy. They don't just have loungewear. They also have pajamas, bath, bedding, really cozy and luxurious sheets, all kinds of gifts and stuff for yourself. So click the link in my show notes, use CE-BigTime, and you will get 40% off of everything on Cozy Earth. I mean, Cozy Earth has been on Oprah's favorite things list for four years running. So it can't be that bad, can it? I mean, it is, it's really cool. So if you're thinking about getting some of your Christmas shopping done, I highly recommend you check out Cozy Earth. And don't forget to click on the link. Welcome back. You know, I <clears throat> recorded that um, promo for Cozy Earth. I guess, yeah, it even says back in October. But that link still works, and I still love their stuff. So, um, you know, shopping season is about to begin here 
right after Thanksgiving. So I, just check out the website. Just go to Cozy Earth um, with the link that's in my show notes and check out the website and see all the cool stuff that, that they have. Just all kinds of things, not just clothing, but it's all made from bamboo and it's just super soft. I mean, yeah. I only speak the truth. I, I don't push anything I don't believe in. So check it out. Good stuff. Okay. <clears throat> so before the break, I was telling you about Cole and Zeneb, and they're on the show, Love is Blind, and they have this horrible interaction. Cole looks just beat up and destroyed and apologizes tearfully again to Zeneb. And she's like, thank you. But you know, you really did destroy me. And I, you know, I have no hatred for you. Like, it's just ugh, gaslighting her, right? Gaslighting him. And he literally is like, doing exactly what the definition said, questioning himself. He's like, but I didn't, I didn't get another fo a phone number. I, 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 you know, and I believe him. But, you know, who knows? I just, so the credits roll and I'm just left feeling really sad for Cole and I guess happy for a couple of the couples on there. That's a whole nother story. Um, but then right as the credits, like sort of click over to roll, this black screen comes on and it says something like, um, the cuties story or something along those lines that lines, you know, like about these, oranges like the footage or the cuties footage and so it's kind of a longer clip um they cut to zeneb and cole during happier times and they're in the kitchen just chit-chatting about what they're going to do with their day and you see zeneb walk around the kitchen island and they're still like having a nice conversation and she reaches for the cutie now remember according to zeneb he is like disgusted by the fact that she and her fat ass is about to eat something else. And why would she dare eat right now when she could easily take her fat ass, like maybe to the gym and then not eat now and eat later. Like that was basically how Zenim told the story. Like he's just a horrible fat shaming anorexia inducing clown. So, but here's the footage, which again was not aired on the show. And so she's standing there at the counter and she reaches for the cutie and he's like saying something like Cole says, um, yeah, we have fun we're going to a fun restaurant tonight or something. And Zeneb says, oh my gosh, I haven't eaten anything all day. He's like, really? Well, I offered you the poke bowl. You know, the it's like a Asian soup thing um with noodles usually and um she's like yeah I, I don't know what she says i didn't really want that she's like i'm gonna have one of these he's like you're gonna eat that oh okay i mean i just i offered you that before but yeah okay and it was nothing it was nothing he's like yeah probably should save your appetite because we're about to go to dinner and this place is really good like that's how he said it and that was it and you're just like what the f you holy smokes like what you see this footage where it was completely different like nothing happened he literally was like why didn't you eat 
And she's like, well, I just wasn't hungry. I don't know. I didn't have anything. And he's like, I offered you the pokey. And uh, he's like, you're going to eat that? Like it was, he was barely like paying attention to the conversation. It was so nothing. And yet the way that Zeneb told it, it was as if he was the worst person on the planet. And so it has got to be one of the strangest things I've ever seen on reality TV. And I've seen a lot of strange things. And it blew up on Twitter. It was called like cutie gate and all over social media. People were like, wow, Cole, while immature, remember I said he was kind of like a puppy dog, right? He is immature, but he was a good guy. He was a good guy, had some flaws just like all of us, but didn't destroy that. And people are like, originally everyone thought, oh, poor Zeneb, that's so terrible. Whoa. I mean, Twitter turned on him. Social media turned on him. All these articles came out. It's like, gee, maybe it wasn't as she said. I mean, we all saw the footage. And then Zeneb put out this thing on her social media and she turned off the comments on Instagram so you can't respond or reply. And she said something like, I'm sorry that you think that I did this public. And I'm sorry that this and I'm sorry that that and you didn't see it. And that was just one piece and took no responsibility for it. And I just was floored because then it makes me wonder about things that we think that we see, even not, even if it's not on reality TV or just in life, what you perceive is your reality, right? Perception is reality, but it wasn't. And I don't think that she's like Zeneb. I don't think that she was sitting there going, I'm going to make him look really bad. I think she thought I'm going to destroy him. But I think in her warped mind, that's how she heard it. She heard you fat pig. Why are you eating so much? When all he said was, why didn't you eat earlier? What are you doing now? What, why are you going to eat that now? We're going out to dinner, you know? So it was pretty shocking. And I hope that I'm conveying that because it was just like, wait, what? I don't know why they didn't include it before that, but it was just like this side note where I almost got the feeling that the producers air, you know, recorded the um, reunion. And then they're like, wait, let's dig through our, you know, 15,000 hours and find this dang cutie footage. And then they're like, we can't find it. We got to put the show together. And then boom, they found it. And they're like, let's put it in at the very end. And they did. And so at least I hope, I mean, you never really know. But from what I saw throughout the whole season and this final clip, I think Cole was just a decent guy. Again, immature, a little puppy dog, did some stupid stuff, said some stupid things, but a decent kid, guy. I don't know, he's 20. I don't know how old he was, but late 20s maybe, um, which is sad that that's a kid for me now. <laughs> I'm officially old when late 20s is a kid. Um, so... It was just hard to watch him be destroyed, but I felt like at least he got some, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not retribution, maybe, maybe retribution, but it just felt like he was vindicated, you know, and the truth came out. And I hope, and I, I believe, because some stuff when I was doing research for this episode, I did see that he is kind of feeling the love from the public, and I hope he does because nobody deserves to be destroyed like that, just in front of your friends and family, 
let alone on television, international television. So pretty shocking, pretty shocking. If you haven't seen it, it's worth a watch just for that alone. I mean, like it's uncomfortable because some other stuff happens with the other couples and they're already shooting season four. So, I mean, the show is a big hit for Netflix. Netflix produces it, but it's just, it's uncomfortable and entertaining at the same time. So, um, I guess now I want to kind of pivot now that I actually mentioned something that's uncomfortable. I want to just quickly touch on this interview. So I, I did this interview a couple of weeks ago and I'm in the editing process of it. And so it will be out next week for sure for your listening pleasure. Um, it'll be out next Tuesday. That's next Tuesday. What is that date? I just want to make sure because um, I, I heard from a lot of you and you really like the interviews. Thank you so much. I really appreciate all the feedback I've gotten about these interviews. So I want to make sure I tell you exactly when you can kind of tune in. But uh, that is do, 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 Tuesday, November 22nd. Tuesday, November 22nd. The interview will be out for your listening pleasure. I don't have a title for that interview yet because I usually title them when I'm finished with editing or sometimes before. But um, that will be episode 127. So episode 127 on Tuesday, the 22nd. So tune in, please, because, and like I said, this is a such an uncomfortable thing. And I thought about it during the break if I wanted to get into all the details and I'm kind of second guessing myself because I really want you guys to tune in and have no preconceived notions. So I'm going to tease it a little bit and not give away all the details and what it's about. I definitely want to say it's an uncomfortable subject and it's not for kids. So I know a lot of you tell me that you listen in the car. Um, A lot of my listeners are in their 20s and 30s and some in their 40s and beyond. But maybe you have kids or maybe you have young people around or people, you know, you don't want to listen with an an audience that you don't feel comfortable listening with. So I'm just letting you know in advance, it is a very serious, serious and uncomfortable topic. So again, I'm not trying to, I don't know what I'm trying to do, but I just want to get into it now because I just want you guys to listen on Tuesday and then give me your feedback without anything I say today changing your mind. So maybe you've already guessed what the item is about or what this, this topic is, and that's okay too. But I think there are a lot of topics and a lot of subjects that people don't talk about because they feel uncomfortable and they need to be talked about or else it won't change. And so that's all I want to say about that. I hope you'll listen. So you can write me right now if you're pissed off that I've kind of left you hanging. But hey, I got to get you to listen, right? But um, it is a serious topic. So I'll leave it at that. (sighs) Speaking of topics of discomfort, I want to at least briefly talk about the midterms and say thank you, Generation. Let's see, I want to make sure I get it right. Generation X, because that generation voted in huge 
numbers, and in my opinion, contributed to saving democracy. Because there were so many Trump candidates, meaning he supported them, that were still supporting the election denying lie, which was that Trump didn't really lose and that some boogeyman figure cheated and made Biden win, which it has been investigated by Republicans. It's been investigated by Democrats. It's been, it's been investigated by independents. It's been investigated by Supreme Courts and courts and Ninth Circuits and this court and that court, different states, different cities, you know, right-wing judges, left-wing judges, central judges. There's no truth to it. Zero. Zero. It's just, I won't even get into the thousands of reasons why it wouldn't even make sense. Our election system is safe. Does it have problems? Sure, sometimes there are mistakes, but never enough to change the outcome. It just isn't. So there were so many people who were running with this lie because they're trying to get into the hip pocket of Donald Trump still, because they believed that he still has a hold over the American public, that what he says goes and people will vote for him, right? Well, Tuesday during the midterm elections and the several days after it, because a lot of those um, elections were close, it was proven that Donald Trump remains a loser. So many of the people that he supported, that he wanted to win, that said that they loved Donald Trump, lost. And it is a glorious thing. I mean, so many of the Republicans and the Republican Party were saying, there's going to be a red wave, a red wave, meaning red for Republican, because Republicans are red and Democrats are blue. That's like their their uniform colors, right? And sometimes I I saw online that some people don't know these things. So I never want to talk about it or I try not to talk about it like everyone knows the same thing. But the term red wave was that all these Republicans were going to come out and vote against anything that Biden had to say and pick all Republican senators and Congress people because they couldn't stand the fact that we had high inflation and high ga gas pl prices and that Biden was unpopular. But this whole abortion thing, well, that's just a little inconvenience. We don't really care about that. That's what Republicans thought. But we proved them wrong. Because we Democrats and independents knew that the minute they overturned Roe and decided to take rights away from women, you guys know the saying, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. You cannot tell a woman what she's going to do with her own body and expect us to go, I'm really mad about this. I'm really furious when it happened in June. I want my rights. This is terrible. People crying, people angry, people marching, people protesting. But in November, you know, milk is more expensive. My gas is more expensive. So forget about abortion. I'm going to vote Republican. That is what Republicans thought that we women, that Generation X, I'm sorry, Z, I'm Generation X, that Generation Z was just going to turn a blind eye to rights being taken away, to democracy being at stake, and to these Trump lunatics. They thought that they were just going to fall for it. And it didn't happen. And it didn't happen. And it was glorious. Now, we probably will not maintain the House 
but we have one over the Senate. The two, um, there's three co, there's three co-equal branches of government. Just a little civics reminder: the judicial, the electoral. Wait, let me make sure I get it all correct. And the, uh, it's late. It's almost two in the morning. Judicial, um, not electoral. The presidential. And oh my God, now I'm going to mess it up. All right. Let me ask the Google. Uh, what are the three co-equal branches of government in the U.S.? This is terrible. Okay. Legislative, executive, and judicial. Okay. I did know that, people. I promise. It's just late. Legislative, meaning Congress. Judicial, meaning our judge systems. And then um, the, uh, the executive, which is the president's office and the president. So now I forgot why I even brought that whole thing up. But the whole point is just watching all of this go down on Tuesday. And a lot of it, it took several days to find out who won because so many of the races were close. Watching Generation X, God, I keep saying that, Generation Z come in and save us, you know, and women and come out and people come out in, you know, droves to support blue. There was no red wave. And yes, some Republicans won like crazies that I won't even get into some of them because maybe you haven't heard of them or if you have, then you know, but there was no red wave. And it is a beautiful thing that democracy held. So Again, I don't want to get all political nerdy too much. I guess I already nerded out a little bit. But um, I just I just think that when you look at what happened this past week, it restored faith for me in humanity because there was so much racist and bigoted language from a lot of these Looney Tune, you know, people who are running for Senate, for Senate candidates, candidates for running for Senate. And they all love Donald Trump. And all of them that were supported by and praised by Donald Trump lost. And that makes me feel a little more hopeful for the future. Because the anti-gay, anti-black, anti-immigrant, anti-women's rights, all of that extremist stuff, anti-Semitism, enough. Enough. So, um, I was really inspired by that. So thank you to all of the Gen Zs out there. Thank you to every woman. And you know what? Strangely enough, thank you to Donald Trump because of his gross behavior and misbehavior and his grift, right? His, he's a grifter, which is just a, a cheat and a thief. Because of all of his ways, people are getting turned off by him. And because he got these horrible justices on the Supreme Court that overturned Roe, which is terrible, but it also helped wake people up to the fact that you have to vote, you have to get out and vote, and it matters. It helped wake people up to just how horrible and how dangerous he is. And if you've been listening to this show for a little while, I started this show in September of 2020. So Trump was still president then. And 
I have said it from the get-go. He was a dangerous man. Not just a funny-looking orange clown. Not just a silly baboon. You know, people are like, oh my God, Trump, he's just an idiot. And look at his fake tan and his crazy hair. And ha, 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 ha. He sleeps with all these different women and prostitutes and cheats. And ha, ha, ha. Like it was like he was built up like a cartoon character. No. He's dangerous. And I think America saw that on Tuesday. We, many of us did not see it right off the bat, but many of us see it now. And so I was happy about that. And I hope you guys were too, for those of you who pay attention to that kind of thing. And for those of you who don't, I hope that everything I said about it makes sense. I'm probably have, have to go to bed tonight and go, why did I bring up the three branches of government? I'll have to go back and listen to the show. I know there was a reason, but it's late and I need to be going to bed. But um, yeah, that's uh, what's been going on in my brain. We did lose an amazing person. I just want to close out the show. Actor, comedian, funny man, Leslie Jordan. If you don't know who he is, go on to Instagram and just scroll through some of the things that that man did. He used to be on the show Will and Grace. Um, he's been around for so long. I mean, he's just was, he just was hilarious and had the biggest heart. Like I sort of came to appreciate him when he had this character on Will and Grace, but during COVID, he would just do a video a day and he would say, what's up hunker downers or how you doing? He's from the South and he was just this shorter in stature, I won't say little guy, but shorter in stature, uh, gay gentleman from the South. And he was funny he was kind, he was sweet, he was silly. Like, I didn't know him, but I got so sad when I found out he died. They think that he had some kind of health issue, maybe a heart attack, and he crashed his car into a wall or into a building and died at 60-something, I think. And I just, I had fallen in love with him just from his Instagram. And the day I found out he passed away, I went and, and found some old interviews of his and he's just, again, I didn't know him, but if you see on his social media, everyone loved this man. He had some 5 million followers and now his sister is taking over his uh, Instagram and just sharing different music. He's a singer, just fun stuff that he did, things he did for charity. I mean, such a great loss, such a great loss. So I would like to dedicate this show to Leslie Jordan, to anyone who loved this man, to any of the fans who loved him because he's so special. He was so special. And I think that certain people just transcend. They transcend the fact that you don't know them. They reach through the screen and they just grab your heart. And that's what Leslie did. Excuse me. That's what Leslie did. You know, I was reaching out with my hand and my ring just bumped the microphone stand because he just, I don't know. There was just something about him. Again, I, I highly recommend you check out his Instagram because it, it'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. And for sure, it'll make you smile. So Leslie, wherever you are up there, I hope you are resting in peace. Thank you for all of the joy you brought people all over the world 
you are sadly, sadly, and sorely missed for sure. And he, uh, I just, yeah. And by the way, he had passed away just a few weeks ago. So I don't want to say it was just recent. It was just several weeks ago, but I'm still touched by it. So this one's for you, Leslie. Thank you for making me smile. And that's my story. And I'm sticking to it.